Welcome to Revolutionary War Rarities, the podcast of the Sons of the American Revolution. Like and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast application or video application. For education resources, visit education.sar.org. Follow our podcast at fastfunhistory.com. Or to learn more about joining the Sons of the American Revolution, go to www.sar.org forward slash find dash your dash contact. And now, Revolutionary War Rarities. Cause and Effect, Season 2, Episode 8. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of Revolutionary War Rarities. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Jim Maples. Well, Jim, our episode today will focus on cause and effect. What led the Patriots and the British down the slippery slope of war? Was it preventable? What decisions by each side led to the various reactions from the other side? After all, isn't that the real value of history? I've always maintained that history is not about dates, but rather about sequence. Uh, in, in that sequence is why dates become important. The story of history is the story of mankind, and the lack of knowledge in history is a lost opportunity to understand cause and effect. So that is what we are going to talk about today. And although our discussions are only brief, hopefully this episode will at least inspire people to look more deeply at our history in hopes of better understanding mankind today. So in this episode, we're going to start with the reign of King George I. King George I and his son, King George II, paid basically no attention to the British colonies in America. For all practical purposes, the colonies were left to do as they pleased. King George I and II were originally from Hanover, Germany, and had little interest in the British monarchy, much less the British colonies in America. So one could argue that King George III was the first monarch to try and do his job and exert his influence over the colonies that he was responsible for. But by that time, colonists had no interest in following someone's rules after the freedom that they had experienced over the last several monarchs and decades. So if we start with King George I, then the cause was a lack of attention to the colonies, and the effect was that the colonists did not feel that the king should, all of a sudden, step in and start ruling over them. As a point of reference, King George I became the king of Great Britain on August 1, 1714. His son, King George II, became king of England, uh, king of Great Britain, in um, June of 1727. Now, King George III became King of England on October 25, 1760, and inherited the ongoing French and Indian War, the war between England and France. This was also known as the Seven Year War, the battle in America, which was for territory, territory to be eventually settled by the British or the French. Now, the colonists needed the help of the British in order to continue their settlement of North America. Remember that these were British subjects and felt entitled to that protection. And the British felt compelled to provide that protection. And that was just simply, and that was the simplified cause of the French and Indian War. So the effect of the French and Indian War was tremendous debt which had to be paid. The effect was that the debt was incurred by the British and the British felt well within their rights to tax the very people who needed and received their protection. 
The system in America was called a mercantilist system where the colonies were supposed to provide raw materials and to strengthen the mother country. The British saw what was happening to the colonies as the other way around or that the mother country was strengthening the colonies. So the British decided to levy taxes against the colonies, taxes which were only a fraction of what was needed to pay the debt, taxes which were small compared to what the British were paying. So the French and Indian War, which is also called the Seven Years' War in Europe, ultimately led to the Stamp Act to help pay the debt that was being incurred. There was a previous tax called the Sugar Act, but that was more of an extension of a previous tax created in the 1730s. Although the Sugar Act began concerning the colonies, the real culprit which started the revolt in great haste was the Stamp Act. So the cause of the Stamp Act was the French and Indian War, and the effect was the refusal to pay taxes, embezzlement, riots, banning of British goods in the colonies, and ultimately the quote, no taxation without representation. This ultimately became the modus operandi throughout the revolution. The Stamp Act was enforced for almost exactly one year before it was repealed by the British due to pressure from the colonies. And the effect of that repeal tax was the building of confidence in the colonies that they could avoid future taxes as well. And remember, Jim, the colonies were not supposed to be able to control the monarchy. That wasn't the system in place. They were simply supposed to settle the territory for Britain and provide raw materials to the mother country, not revolt. Their opinions were not needed or wanted by the monarchy. Okay, so now here we go. Remember that money was still needed to pay the debt of the French and Indian War, as well as to pay British government officials, such as the governors of the colonies, so more taxes were coming. Enter the Townsend Acts, a series of four to five acts, depending on the historian that you talk to, designed to gather taxes, punish New York, and control the revolting colonies. These taxes had basically the same effect as the Stamp Act. The colonies revolted. And part of that revolt was the Boston Massacre and the spilling of blood. And another part of the revolt was the Boston Tea Party, as the Townsend Acts imposed taxes on tea. And the tax was being forced, and I'm sorry, not the tax, but the tea. The tea was being forced upon the colonies. So the colonies were being forced to pay taxes on products they didn't want. So the Townsend Acts were caused by the failure of the Stamp Act, which was needed due to the debt of the French and Indian War. And the Townsend Acts effect was open rebellion in the streets, festering wounds that were quickly becoming infected by more and more pressure from the monarchy. So the Townsend Acts caused the Boston Tea Party, which resulted in 92,000 pounds of tea being dumped into the Boston Harbor. The value of that tea is estimated to be around $1 million today. So the effect of the Boston Tea Party was the Intolerable Acts, also known as the Coercive Act. These acts implemented massive control over the colonies to recover funds for the owners of the tea from the Boston Tea Party. The acts did many more things, but we don't have that long to talk about each one. So, what was the effect of the coercive or intolerable acts? Well, those acts led to the First Continental Congress on September 5, 1774. The effect of the First Continental Congress was several things, but a boycott of British goods resulted. This ultimately dropped the importation of British goods by 97% from the previous year. And remember, the monarchy still needed the tax revenues. 
the harder they tried to get them, the less they received. So the First Continental Congress ultimately led to the creation of militias and the Second Continental Congress. The Second Continental Congress led to the Declaration of Independence and irreversible war. And so it goes. Was it actually possible to avoid the American Revolution? Maybe. With today's ability to communicate interactively with people around the globe, maybe. If Americans had representation in Parliament, would that have eliminated no taxation without representation and taken us down a different path? Maybe. Should the Americans have paid taxes for their own protection during the French and Indian War? Probably. Yeah. If King George I and II had managed the colonies during their reign, would King George III's action have seemed so radical? Probably not. Well, there are always a lot of questions that result from international conflict and one must try to look at and understand the perspective of each side of the conflict in order to determine appropriate next steps. The way we see things is not the way that an adversary sees things, but history gives us countless stories and examples of where different decisions would most likely have caused different results. And that is why history is so important and why it needs to be studied and why history ultimately can affect the future. And that, my friends, is a Revolutionary War rarity. My name is Jim Griffith. And my name is Jim Maples. And we thank you for joining us today. And please be sure to join us for the next episode of Revolutionary War Rarities. This has been a production of the National Society, Sons of the American Revolution, www.sar.org.